Hey everybody, it's officially draft season, and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Upside Swings to be a draft podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined by the great Stone Hansen, and no one else. This is the first time that we've recorded a two-person pod since... Since Coop joined, I think I, he's pretty much been a part of everything we've done. Um, and now he's on a much earned vacation. Uh, he's you know, he's like, guys, I gotta take a break. Um, he is doing, I think he's going, he's like in Europe or something. I don't know, something, something dope as shit. Africa, he's in Africa, in Zambia. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, so he's off, he's off, uh, you know, chilling over there, and we're here to talk about. Some players that I don't think Coop would have been all that interested in, in anyways, uh, because most of these guys are shooters. They're big shooters. And Stone, I'll, I'll, actually, before we talk any uh, philosophy stuff, I'll throw this to you. How you doing, my friend? It's It's been a long week for both of us, I feel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to get through sludging along these, this final, you know, I'm at third base and I feel like we're rounding into home uh, with draft stuff really tiring trying to get through as many names as they can uh while doing it as in depth as they can um i have about 100 and names listed for the final 20 days so i'm trying to get through as many as i can uh and it's it's a lot of fun but it's it's tiring i'm ready for the draft to be here i'll just say that i'm looking forward to the draft i'm excited for it i'm ready to be done watching film you know, my dad's a teacher and he'll always say, like, you're kind of ready. Like, by, by this time of the year, you're kind of just ready for summer. He's got like two weeks left until his summer break. And uh, it's kind of the same for us. Like, I love the draft. We're to a point where we're kind of sludging through like these backlogs. And every once in a while, I watch someone and I refine my love for it. We're going to talk about someone really soon who made me very, very excited watching him. I was giddy. I was, I was having such a blast. But also there are times you're just watching guys, um, you know, just do nothing and, and not really be guys. And I don't like to be mean. My my whole thing is that everyone deserves a chance. And I stand by that. I, I do what I can to watch literally every single player who declares or, you know, is auto eligible for the draft unless they um, just have like no available tape or, you know, they're too hard to get anything concrete on. Other than that, I at least will do a statistical dive and watch highlights. If I think your stats are at least worth a look, I will watch a full game. Um, but there are times where it's just like, yeah, I've watched 10 straight guys where I just don't think they're anything. And that's kind of hard sometimes, but we did watch some fun guys today. Again, I mentioned big shooters, big shooters, Stone, I kind of want to ask you, I think we've kind of had this discussion a little bit at times, but I want to ask you before we dive into any of these players, what's your general like value and evaluation of big shooters? Like, you know, what are you looking for in shooters? And what is your, like, if, if they are just a shooter, what's your general value on that? Yeah, so I feel like I've been pretty on the record of just, not being as high as other people in terms of what shooting um the value of shooting is like i think versatility in shot is important if you're just a spot up guy then 
to me, you need to have some versatility in what you're doing. Uh, but to me, if you're like an awesome shooter, um, that you have to be able to do something else for me. Like um, just being a, a spot up guy or, or a catch and shoot guy, uh, you have to offer more to me to, to really be that uh, in terms of the versatility, uh, how you're getting into your three point shots. Um, and then obviously like, can you actually do something on the other end? Can you be somewhat of a defender uh, and offer some value on that end? Uh, with some of these guys we're going to talk about, I feel like there's actually some uh, untapped like passing equity. Um, I think that there's um, there's some other attributes that these guys have that um, due to different contexts weren't like you know super super highly uh, touted or anything. But I think for me, just in terms of shooting, like uh, it's just how how much more can you bring to shooting um can you can you do that in a lot of different ways and can you bring ancillary skills even if they're not super high level yep and, and, and for me what i'll say is uh and, and by the way if you want like a a pretty succinct breakdown of, of how we tend to view shooting i really recommend going back and listening to the jordan hawkins podcast where we also talked about guys like julian strother and we kind of talked about even like versatile shooting is sometimes hard to really bet on if if um you know players don't do anything else and something else I'll, I'll i'll say for me that matters is i i think just how big someone is matters when we're talking about their shooting like it's a lot easier to be someone who is quote unquote just a shooter and be six nine than it is to be someone who's just a shooter and be six four or six five and i think that's played out consistently in the nba um even like shooting guard shooters are oftentimes six 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 seven now i think that size really does matter um, but I, I think like these playoffs have proven that even sometimes limited shooters like can still have a lot of value just because spacing is so important. Being able to officially hit open shots is so important and, and teams really do rely on that at times when it matters most, but I'm with you stone where it's not, it's not usually our, our, our forte to just be all in on like these shooters. Um, but let's talk about some, and we're going to start with someone who, has quickly risen up the rankings in terms of just my personal favorite players in this draft. For whatever reason, it's been a long time since I've had this much fun watching someone, and that's Andrew Funk from Penn State. Andrew Funk is a September 21st, 1999 birthday, so he'll turn 24 before the start of his rookie season. Obviously, that's a big worry. We're going to be talking about a couple players today who are very old, and a lot of the players we're going to be talking about from here on out are kind of old because college basketball players can make money now and that's more of an incentive to go back to school and that's going to lead to the back ends of drafts being much much older just in general but um andrew funk is 6'5 188 pounds he, he might even be a little bigger than that he looked pretty strong um he played four seasons at bucknell where his his jump shooting stats never really popped the way it all clicked for penn state i mean his senior his senior season at bucknell he shot 36.3% on 7.5 attempts, went back and watched some of his tape from there. It's just like super, you know, uh, efficient and, or not super efficient. Sorry. Took a lot of really tough shots. Was kind of asked to be like a creator for, for Bucknell. And, um, you know, that kind of showed up. He had three assists and, uh, you know, it, it, you kind of, when you watch him at Penn state, you'd be shocked that at any level he was a creator, but that's sort of what he was asked to do. But then he comes to Penn state, he shoots 41.2%. 
and 86.7% from the line, took 7.4 attempts uh, from three per game, averaged 12.5 points, uh, only 1.1 assist, uh, but didn't turn it over very much, less than one turnover a game, had a 62.2% true shooting, um, contributed to a very good offense, um, you know, in a conference that a lot of people love, did only have a, you know, 1% steal rate and 0.2% block rate, not great numbers there, 6.2% assist rate to a 7.7% turnover rate. This is like as pure as it can get a shooter. And it looks like that even when you look through his like more advanced stats. Um, 60.4% effective field goal rating to, again, that 62.2 true shooting, very good numbers. Um, Like I said, that low turnover rate is great, but he only had a 12.8% free throw rate, had zero dunks, only took 41 close twos, which is actually like, he did shoot 68.3% on close twos, mostly just kind of attacking closeouts in a straight line or back cuts and stuff. Uh, only took 38 far twos. So he is a three-point sniper. He is looking to bomb threes. He took 13.2 threes per 100 possessions, which totaled to 272 threes on the year. Uh, there's this kind of classic scouting you know, mantra that your three-point percentage kind of tends to average out, or at least your three-point uh, you know, efficiency or, or rating, whatever, however you want to put it, tends to average out around like 400 attempts. I mean, three. he almost got to 300 attempts this year. Over his college career, he took a, a ton. So you can kind of bet on who he is as a shooter. Stone, how did you feel about Funk? I mean, purely in the shooting sense. Uh, I was extremely impressed. I thought um, he's really really quick in terms of how quickly he can pull up especially in like transition he can stop on a dime pull up and and hit it um you know in in transition semi-transition um i thought the touch is really really good on his shot obviously he's a shooter but some of the other guys will talk about there's actually questionable touch and i feel like with funk that was never really a question um i think that uh he's be able to he has movement equity like he's coming off of screens and pin downs um i really like the versatility of his shot how he gets to his threes i feel like he's not just a spot up guy there's a lot of different ways he gets to him um he runs off ball very well i think uh at part of it was the the scheme and the system he was in but i also think he's pretty adept in terms of knowing where the ball is and, and where he needs to be uh on the court so I, I was I really liked it. I thought him as a shooter, um, obviously that's his calling card as a prospect, and I thought he executed that really, really well. I don't want to compare players. I really don't. But I had this inkling in the back of my head watching Andrew Funk. I was like, his jumper reminds me of someone. His he because like he looks kind of stiff, but like the it's uber quick. He can hop into it. He can one two left right right left whatever. Like it's, it's kind of right above his head, but it's like really flicky, really, like I said, uber quick. It's like his jumper reminds me of someone and I kept watching and it kind of clicked for me. His jumper looks a lot like Kyle Corver's and I don't want to compare them because Kyle Corver's senior season at Creighton, he shot 48.8% from three. So it's not really a fair comparison by any means, but 
Spark like does have a picturesque form in a lot of ways. It's like I said, it's quick. He can shoot it over contest, but he can also just like get it off before a contest arrives 90% of the time. Um, his range on it is super comfortable. Even though the arc is a little flat, a lot like Corvus, the arc is kind of flatter than you'd expect. Like it's just the perfect amount. And because he's always hitting it like right at the front rim, it doesn't matter because it's just splashing right through. Um, he's just so adept at getting it off you mentioned that feel for off ball movement like his movement around the perimeter is really excellent he executes like these ghost screen pick and pops super well reminded me a lot like he could easily step in and 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 start running a lot of the actions that like the thunder ran with isaiah joe this year where isaiah joe sprinting into a ghost screen and because teams are so loaded to shays ball handling he gets wide open like andrew funk did that a ton with Jalen pickett and it worked out a lot of the time because he's so quick um he is great at like if he catches and the defense is there quickly passing the ball and moving off and being open for another shot like his relocation skills are great he's about as advanced an off-ball shooter as you could be he's not really someone who can create it for himself off the dribble but he can take the occasional sidestep his step back looks really good he'll, you know, be able to kind of jab step and get into it comfortably. Again, as I mentioned, at Bucknell, like, he did play a little bit more with the ball in his hands. So, as far as it goes for me, like, Funk is up there with the best shooters in this class. Obviously, like, if you're counting, like, everything, including pull-ups, like a Bryce Sensabaugh gets in there. Um, But, like, in terms of off-ball shooters, for me, it's, like, Grady Dick, it's it's, um, Jordan Hawkins is a great off-ball shooter, obviously, though I might even like as like just a pure shooter a little better than hawkins and the thing i really like with funk is that if he's open he's gonna make it he is like there's a couple other guys who i who we're gonna talk about today who i think are great shooters but every once in a while we'll just miss an open shot and you're like that's so weird i why is a great shooter missing that with funk it feels like that never happens if he's open it's going in and and, and i just love that from a guy I think I watched probably eight Penn State games because we're talking about two Penn State guys and I just really loved watching them. And I just like Funk just always popped. Even when I was trying to focus on Lemdy, I just really loved what Funk did as a shooter. And I think, he, like I said, I think he's up there with one of the best shooters in the class. And, and, and that's something I do value, even though when I talk about it, there are a lot of other warts. Stone, does Funk do really anything else offensively? Uh, you might be surprised by this. I actually think so. Um, I, I don't think he does a lot as a finisher. I'll say that much. I think, um, he has, uh, poor awareness, like, and in terms of reactivity when he's getting downhill, uh, I think it's pretty much, uh, either he's looking for like an easy outlet or getting to the rim and he's not aware of where the defense really is. Um, once he's on his way downhill, um, I think that he, in, like, schemed passes, works really well. I thought the passing is very crisp. Um, The placement, I thought, was pretty nice. I think that uh, there's nothing really special about the passing, but um, I think it's just, like, really solid in terms of, like, any sort of movement offense or schemed offense. I think he can execute a lot of those passes. Um, He's not really creating them, but I think, like I said, if they're within the system, I think he's going to do well. Um, I think the, the cutting, uh, like off ball cutting is really good. 
Um, like I said, with the ball in his hands, uh, getting downhill, not so great. But when he's the one that's just getting there himself without the ball in his hands and, and someone's able to get the ball to him, like with a lead pass or something, uh, I thought he's pretty opportunistic with this cut. So I like that. Um, but yeah, that's about it offensively. Like I think he's very much a shooter, uh, somebody that is, is not going to play make a whole lot, but can do it uh, within a, a scheme and, and not able to really finish all that well um, if he's not the one that's being led to the rim. Yeah, I, I mean, he's like, he really lacks explosion near the rim. He's just not a very good athlete. Like, he he's reminiscent of Corver, not just in like how the shot looks, but also in just like Corver, he's kind of like really stiff and he looks uncomfortable moving. Um, he just doesn't really look like a basketball player, but I'm with you where it's like his off ball movement is just so good. It's so crisp. The feels clearly there. He's just not like a, he's not someone who can really attack a closeout. He can occasionally like if you run a, if he runs a DHO, like get a couple steps into the paint and make a solid read. But I didn't like how he was just so like, he'd get a couple steps into the paint and he could have maybe stopped and looked for a floater or a little, you know, fadeaway shot or something but he's just so quick like if if i don't have it wide open layup i he's just whipping some pass to, to back above the break and it's like you could take advantage of your gravity and create for others sometimes he just wasn't trying to do that I, i'm guessing that was you know partially a function of role but also partially a function of just like you know general mistake avoidance but i would not call him a timid player by any means he's very willing to take and make tough shots uh more than anyone else we're going to talk about he will just like rise and fire over over contest and and from deep and whenever he has he feels if he feels like he has an inch of space he's going to get it off so i really love that about his game but yeah i just he is someone who's on the floor to shoot he's on the floor to hit shots off movement he's going to space for others while also potentially being someone who can kind of be a focal point I'm not sure you can get to that like Duncan Robinson level of gravity, but I do really think that there is something there with him just being that type of elite, like high level shooter off a lot of versatility while also just never missing when he's open. Stone, let's quickly talk about the defense. I think defense is going to be a separating factor for a lot of these guys. Um, Kind of, you know, if, if we're assuming the shooting for most of these players is on a fairly tight spectrum, the defense is going to be what really separates them. Where are you at with with Funk's defense? I actually was pleasantly surprised with the on ball stuff. Um, I actually thought he could stand for his guy a little bit against like better athletes, stronger and quicker guys. He's going to struggle a bit, but I think, um, you know, against your, I don't want to say average NBA athlete because obviously you're you're above average if you're in the NBA as an athlete, but um, against your not elite elite athletes in the NBA, I think he can be okay. Um, you know, staying in front of his guy on the perimeter. Uh, you probably don't want him at the point of attack, but I think uh, being someone that can be more on, on the wing or on the perimeter, uh, I think he can hold his own. Um, I, I thought the off-ball stuff was fine, um, not terribly good or bad to me, uh, just pretty okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be able to bring the shooting gravity that he does without being like a complete negative defensively, I think is is value right there. Yeah, I thought he was really good at like the type of contained defense you often see like unathletic dudes play where it's like he's not super aggressive. He's not heating up the ball, but 
he doesn't get blown by much because he kind of knows his distance and he can he's willing to wait on someone who he knows their goal is to drive to make that first step to commit that first move um and and i actually think he changes directions all right his hips are a little stiff he doesn't like drop step well when he's beat his recovery defense is really bad he's also like he's a awful playmaker defensively but he is a good rotator i think like he he plays gaps well he's generally solid like you know tagging the role he just doesn't have the athleticism to make plays really and again like he seems very like mistake avoidant and so that means he's not gambling at all he will not take risks to try and create plays but i think he is not he can be a positive cog in the machine um and in a similar way to like you know, we like some other shooters who will probably get targeted in playoff situations, but in the regular season manage to be positive just by, you know, not getting e- exposed and not making huge mistakes. Um, that just kind of takes us to where we're at. Again, a lot of these guys are going to go fast because their games are super simple. I would draft Funk like in, in my second round. He's in my second round guarantees tier um, right above Amari Bailey and below Bobby Clintman. Um, I, I think that he is just – he's someone who I think, like, could maybe start if things work. Now, is he, like, a starter on a championship contender? Not necessarily, but I think there's stuff there with his game. And I I, I don't know. that I guess that's where I'm at. And, and some of it's definitely, like, aesthetic bias. Again, I, I loved his game. I love – I grew up loving Kyle Korver and, and guys who shoot like funk. And, and I think – you know, that definitely clouds my view a little bit. And he's old. The age does worry me. But I, I think he's a true, like, high-level NBA shooter. And the rest of the game coming out of that matters a little bit less to me. Stone, where are you at with Funk? Uh, Yeah, I have him top 40, exactly at 40, Um, which it feels high because I feel like no one else is really – he has any buzz or anything. But um, like you said, he's old. But I think he's just like good. Like I think he's just a really good shooter, and I think not being, you know, an a uh, complete negative defensively uh, can still I think execute passes. Um, there's a little more to his game than just you know being a shooter. Um, even though that's you know ninety percent of what he is, uh, at least offensively. Uh, but I think being able to hold his own defensively is is really sort of what sold me. Uh, on him and I think um, yeah the shooting is is ridiculously versatile and everything so I have him right below below Kolobali and right above Imani Bates at 40. All right let's move on to his teammate and someone who I think has seen a pretty dramatic rise because he played well at the combine I believe and um, was just a really like solid player again like this Penn State team was good their issues were that they kind of lacked a like really high level creator but they were good and they were good because they had role players who could kind of make shots and 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 contribute with ball movement stuff and that's Seth Lundy uh Seth Lundy is an April 2nd 2000 birthday he's 23 years old but his rookie season will be his age 23 season he won't turn 24 until the very end of it played four years at Penn State so he's technically an early entrant not an auto entrant like Funk was his stat profile is really interesting um this was kind of his first year being like a a high level shooter um he shot 34.8 percent last season 
um, on similar volume to this season where he shot 40%, but he's been a consistent free throw shooter throughout his career. Um, and this season was definitely his best, like overall offensive season. He averaged 14.2 points per game on 45, 40, 80.7 shooting splits. Uh, also grabbed 6.3 boards, 0.9 assists, 0.8 steals, 0.6 blocks, 0.9 turnovers. Um, had a 60.9 true shooting, which is pretty good. A lot of that's his free throws, but you know, pretty good nonetheless. Only 5.4 assist percentage to 6.9 turnover rate. So super low numbers there on both ends. Um, 1.5 steal rate, 2.1 block rate. Neither of those numbers are great. The block rate is okay. Um, he's never really been high level in either of those, but for some reason, it feels like no Big Ten dudes ever are. So, like, I almost don't put too much into that for whatever reason. Um, he did have nine dunks on the year. He missed three dunks. Um, so, you know, not uber efficient there. Not a great free throw rate either. 29.7 is about average. Um, did shoot well on, on far two. Shot 56 or shot 44.6% on 56 attempt from far twos. But not an elite finisher, just an okay finisher. 59.3. Um I, and then, yeah, his three-point rate was really high, 233s on the year, 12.5% three-pointer, or 12.5 three-pointers for 100. Um, let's start with the shooting again, even though, unlike with Funk, I would not say Lundy's wholesale is his shot. But, Stone, how did you feel about Lundy as a shooter? Um, I was even more impressed with him as a shooter than Funk, I would say. Um, that might be a hot take, but I think uh, he can – really get his body squared extremely quickly like the the amount of time it takes for him to just square up and get uh, aligned with the bucket is really really quick um he could come off of picks extremely quickly um much like funk is is you know uh capable of uh pulling up in transition semi transition um i thought that the way he gets to his shots was even more impressive than Funk in terms of off-ball movement. Like, as as impressed as I was with Funk that I mentioned in the last portion, I think um, with Lundy, he was, like, I mean, he was running, like, full speed around the perimeter at times. He's just, like, he's not jogging around picks. He's not having it in second gear. Uh, there are a lot of times where he's just, like, sprinting across the perimeter, across the baseline, uh, and he's um, faster than Funk. So uh, I think that uh, he is one of the best combinations of shooting and off-ball movements to get to his shot in this class. Um, yeah, I was I was really impressed. I, th- I think uh, everything about his shot I buy, I think it's very streamlined. Um, I thought the touch was really, really good. Um, uh I think he's one of the best shooters in this class. And obviously this is one of the best shooting classes maybe ever. So. Yeah. That's something I didn't mention earlier, but like, like we've had a lot of, um, this is a really like high level shooting class. So like all these guys were talking about, like in a lot of classes, they would be the best shooter or the second best shooter or whatever. And they're more down the list. Um, But I, I think, so something I noticed with with Lundy was that his mechanics were like I'm with you. Where like it's a really quick release. It's kind of this like two motion where um, he brings the ball all the way up before he gets off the ground, um, and that's kind of interesting. 
Um, I wouldn't say there's anything that has to be like fixed about it, but it is a bit rare. You kind of see more of these set shots anymore from three where they're kind of rising with the ball instead of that full two motion. But because of that, the release is really high and he's pretty unbothered by contest. Um, I, I'm, I don't buy it as much as Funk's because I think Funk is just like the far superior touch guy. We'll talk about Lundy's touch in, in, a, in a second, but um, actually let's talk about it now. Like I, I, I didn't love his touch I, I i there's a lot of like his misses are sort of all over the place uh around the rim especially it shows up where it's just like he, he feels like he doesn't have a great sense for where he's at and and that's part of like he does have to be squared to the rim he has to get himself uh you know you know hips facing right at the rim but he can definitely shoot that thing and 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 i like that he can hit over contest uh, he's great from the corners. Um, he's really solid at one twoing into it. I love that. That he's just he can kind of sprint into a shot in transition. That stuff is always great to see. Uh, the step back does not look good. He'll go for it every once in a while, but I don't like it a ton just because that's when when he's stepping back. Lots of times he's not as square and he just struggles with that because his his motion is so based on him being square directly to the rim but in general he can absolutely hit spot up shots he can probably hit some off some movement and then i think he's going to be really deadly as like a transition shooter that's what stands out most to me and so i'm with you where his off ball movement is like top of the class to me I, I think his general cutting his feel for spacing and i think a lot of that was like like major props to shrewsbury for getting his guys to understand where to be off the ball at all times uh, this team never had spacing issues. They were constantly moving to where they could best receive the pass. Um, and Lundy was the was the best guy at that. He is great at someone's driving baseline, rising to the wing to catch it, or dropping to the corner based on where that kind of tag defender is. He is a great cutter, both in scheme and out of scheme. Um, he had some of the best backdoor cuts of anyone I've seen uh, in this class. Uh, but he does, and this will kind of transition to the rest of the O. I, I thought his finishing left a lot to be desired. He just lacks explosiveness near the rim. He takes it like he can dunk, like I mentioned. He had um he had nine dunks on the year, but he takes a long time to load up. Um, and he just when he can't do that, he does struggle to he looks like a strong guy. He's pretty well built and he's tall. He struggles to use his body to manufacture finishing angles consistently. And it's tough to lack both those things. Now, it wasn't like abhorrent finishing near the rim. I meant like like 59.3% is solid, especially because like the spacing on Penn State was, I mean, it was pretty good, but it wasn't like absurd. It wasn't like five out. Um, but he just, the touch doesn't seem all the way there. And, and he's never getting a ton off the ground um, and, and and really putting pressure on a, a weak side rim protector. Um, but I do think he can actually dribble a little bit. Um, he is not a creator prospect by any means, but, but he has a nice little drop cross. I love how he just like, he doesn't have great burst or explosion out of moves, but he puts his whole body into every move and that helps to make up for it because he's basically falling forward and defenders kind of struggle to contain that. So I, I thought there was like enough ancillary stuff there with him as a closeout attacker, someone who can occasionally run a second side pick and roll. He's pretty comfortable taking like a one-two dribble pull up as well. Stone, how'd you feel about his general offensive game outside of the shooting? 
Um, I, I liked the, like, I think he can take like a couple steps and then just quickly set up and pull up. Like, I think there's, um, some dribble equity there in, in, taking off the dribble stuff. Like you said, the step backs didn't really love, um, I really love the cutting. I thought he's an awesome off ball cutter. Like we already talked about with you with the finishing. I don't think it's great. Um, I don't think the passing's great either. I don't think he's necessarily a bad passer. I just don't think that that's really a part of his game. Like, I don't, I don't think that he's uh, really seeing things or, or looking for things uh, when he has the ball in his hands. Uh, he's pretty much looking to score, um, which is, I guess, fine considering the role he'll be in. Um, but uh, I'd like to see him be a little bit more unselfish at times. Um, uh, yeah, I think just that's that's really about it there, there's not a whole there's not a whole lot else with him um apart from the off-ball movement and cutting like that's that's the big thing and he does it really really well yeah i i would i would say i would go as far as to say he is a pretty rough passer um at least with the ball i actually like his plus, plus one passing quite a bit i wouldn't call him a connective passer but in terms of just like keeping the ball moving he's pretty good at that he's not sticky which i like for an off-ball player um, but he's not making high level reads really ever. And when he does decide I'm going to run something like I'm going to run a pick and roll, I'm going to try and isolate. I'm going to attack this close out. He's pretty much always doing it to score, which again is kind of a worry for me when I, when I don't love him as a rim finisher, but I think the one, two dribble pull up's good enough. Um, he can definitely cut to the rim. I'm with you with the off ball movement. Um, there's a lot to like with Lundy is like this off ball, uh, shooter scorer type who can put the ball on the ground occasionally kind of you know he profiles as a pretty high level fourth fifth offensive target type stone let's talk about his defense because i think there's that's almost a bigger sell to some than his offensive game how do you feel about his off-ball defense uh that's the aspect of his defense i, I did really like i think that uh he's pretty active and, and engaged most of the time uh, he disrupts and like uh, deflects a lot of passes. Uh, part of it with that six ten wingspan. He had a plus six wingspan measurement at the combine. Uh, he's able to have really active hands all the time. Um, able to tap balls a lot of the time that are, are passes. He can see things. Uh, in terms of where his man is and where the pass is going. Uh, and able to jump a lot of lanes, off ball. Um, which I really like. And a lot of times it's like you know, skip passes or cross court things is not necessarily he's gambling with his man and the guy that's right in front of him. Uh, so I liked that. Um, yeah, I was, I was pretty impressed with the off ball stuff. I thought it was really good. Again, like he's not a great playmaker, but he's not horrible in that realm either. Um, I, I think you mentioned he's great at playing too. Uh, he executes scheme really well. He, I watched the Indiana game and I thought he was easily the best option that Penn state had to like double, um trace jackson davis he executed that really well um he's a great he's great at like tagging the roll man does some good stuff at the nail not a great low man because he struggles to get vertical uh he's just not athletic enough for it um trying to time his blocks he takes so long to load up that it makes it hard but i I think in general like he's a really positive off ball defender to me um and, and that's something i really value especially for like a shooting wing type uh, but his on-ball defense, I thought, was a little hit or miss. Um, the screen nav is not awful for someone his size. I do like that. Um, but he really struggles to change directions quickly. When he switched onto guards, 
he um, is is giving up a lot consistently, whether that be you know spaced hit a jumper or you know exposing the top foot to attack and, and giving up a driving lane. Um, his recovery defense is not great because he's not again he's not particularly fast and he's not someone who uh, like can can get up off the ground and get a rear view contest super quickly. Um, you know, in pick and roll, I think he's pretty good at, at kind of getting back on someone's hip and getting back in front of them. But when he gets blown by in isolation, it's pretty tough for him. And he's also like he looks stronger than he plays to me. The the couple times he was guarding like stronger wings or forwards, he could kind of get bullied a little bit. Um, and that's something that only gets exemplified in the NBA where the the big strong forwards are also super fast. So the on-ball defense did leave quite a bit to be desired to me, but I could see him being a solid three defender on like, you know, like your kind of skinnier shot creator wings. Like a Brandon Ingram, I think he would do a pretty solid job on, if not like an elite job. Stone, how'd you feel with the on-ball defense? Um, Yeah, I thought it was pretty bad. Um, As like a point of attack guy or something, I think guards got by him really, really often. Uh, I'm with you where you probably want him more on a wing. Um, he's longer, stronger. Um, so he, he's not as quick. Um, so guys that are really good ball handlers or, uh, you know, have quick first steps, I think he's going to struggle quite a bit. Um, but I think guys that are, you know, a, a bit more like crafty reliant or, or longer, um, he could do a decent job on. Um, and I think, uh, that's, I mean, yeah, that's about it. He, he, most of his defensive value, I think, comes from being off ball. Yeah, so let's talk about where we have Lundy. And for me, he's another guy, you, you know, the second Penn State guy who falls in the second round guarantees. I'd probably give him a guaranteed contract in the second round and just kind of see if it doesn't work out, doesn't work out. But uh, he's a wing who can shoot, who's a really good off ball mover, who's a good off ball defender and can guard some wings on the ball. To me, that's worthwhile. I have him at 39 right now behind Colby Jones, ahead of Jalen Slauson. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at with those guys. Uh, and Lundy, I think, is a solid second-round bet. He's kind of, I would say, like the prototypical second-round older forward to me, exactly the type of guy you're looking for in that range. Uh, yeah, I have him at 31 on my board as like a really high-level priority second for me. Um, I would, I have him right above below Marcus Sasser and right above F.A. Abugadi. Uh I think he's just really good. Um, I think he's uh, a really good shooter. He brings value on the other end, uh, can cut really, really well off ball. I think there's I, – I asked – I put up a Twitter poll of, like, what's the better value, Jet Howard at pick 15 or uh, Seth, Seth Lundy at pick 45, and I think it came out to about 50-50 on, like, 100 votes. I think there's an argument to be made that Seth Lundy is just a straight up better prospect than Jet Howard. And obviously a lot of people will disagree with me. And I think Jet's perceived a lot more as a top 20 type guy. But I think when you talk about that sort of value with the shooters that um, are in this draft, if that's like really something that a team is targeting, I would be looking at Seth Lundy in the second round before I'm looking at a guy like Jet you know, earlier in the first. Yeah, I, I definitely respect that tape, despite being higher on Jet than you um, and buying him more as a shot creator. But I get what you're saying. Um, and and Lundy feels like a he's someone who, if he hits, is going to be like a valuable NBA player. Like he could absolutely be a 10, 12-year NBA player and and start. And, and you know, he kind of like could feel like the Damari Carroll role, not as strong, but 
you know, better off-ball defender, probably. That's kind of like his vibe. Landers Nolly is someone who has been in the prospect realm since his freshman year at Virginia Tech. Um, he redshirted in 2018-19, and then uh, in that freshman season, averaged 15.5 points per game uh, on pretty rough efficiency, efficiency, but did, again, like, that's good points per game for a freshman. And then he transferred to Memphis, played there for two years, where – um, he actually like his role got diminished from that sophomore to junior year at Memphis. Then he transfers to Cincinnati, has a really solid senior season where he averaged 16.8 points per game on 44.7, 41.7, 75 shooting splits. Also grabbed 5.8 rebounds uh, through 2.6 assists, uh, one steal, 0.5 blocks, 2.2 turnovers. Um, he is older. He's a March 5th, 2000 birthday. He's 23. He'll turn 24, uh, just like Seth Lundy at the end of his rookie season. Um, he's listed at 6'7", 210. Uh, that seems about right. I could check his combine stuff, but uh, I'll do that later. Uh, his true shooting this season was 57.3. Um, solid 4.6 offensive rebound rate. 15.7 to 12.9 assist to turnover percentages. Pretty solid. 1.8 steal rate, 1.5 block rate. Um, had 12 dunks on the year. Uh, another kind of rough close finisher. Shot 57.7% on close twos, but did shoot 42.2% on long twos on 166 attempts. Really good number there. 11.5 uh, three point rate. Again, shot 41.6% there on very high volume. Um, this is another guy, obviously. With all these guys, we're going to start with the shooting because I think we're kind of talking about that as the sell with all these guys, even if. You know, at least for one of them, we're probably going to disagree on that being the actual sell. Um, Nolly has probably the weirdest shot of all these guys. He is, he does not get off the ground at all. Like, he is barely jumping at all. It's definitely that type of set shot, push up as you shoot. Uh, but he even does that in the mid-range, which is sort of weird. Lots of times you see guys kind of shoot that set shot in from three, and then when they get in the mid-range, they're taking more of a jump shot. They're getting more up over the defense, um, you know, like, that's that's generally the more comfortable way to do it, but that's how he does it. There is a major like hip sway for Nolly where as he's pushing, it's like he's using his whole right side to generate power to make up for the fact that he's not jumping. So his hips kind of push out and his legs play a little bit, um, but he will take them off pull-ups, especially he really loves just taking one left-handed dribble and taking pulling up with it. Um, I feel like he's not a great like bomber, uh, he there's quite a few times he will uh, pass up open or at least semi open looks to kind of put the ball on the ground or kind of do a jab step game. Um, I he he's not someone who can just like quickly flip his hips towards the rim and just let it loose. He is more of a set it set your feet shooter and and you know there's positives and negatives to that. But uh, I think it's important to note that despite having like a track record as a shooter forever. It's never really been a consistent thing for him. That freshman year, uh, he took 6.7 threes per game, shot only 31.6%. Um, he shot 38.7% his sophomore year at Memphis on six attempts, which is really good. And then only took four attempts and shot 33.6% that junior year at Memphis. And then um, was, you know, again, a very good shooter this year. The three-point percentage is also more in line with someone you would consider like a shot maker type than a shooter. Uh, and I find that really interesting. Stone, in general, how do you feel with Nolly as a shooter? Uh, I'm not sure if he is a good shooter or not, and that's like not really a question I want to have. 
um, if that's your main sell as a prospect. Um, like you said, he's had four, like this is his first year uh, throughout his four years of playing in college that he's shot, you know, 40% or more um, from three. Uh, I, generally speaking, um, like guys are not this up and down with a track record as Nolly when you're considered a really good shooter. Um, just watching him, like there's, it's really just streaky. It's like some games he's, he's hitting three, four in a row. Um, uh, like in that Houston game I watched, he's, he's hitting everything. Uh, and there's other games where, um, he's not hitting a lot. And if he, uh, he, he loses confidence, he'll like take a pump fake and take one dribble in and then take one of those long twos that you talked about, uh, the amount of volume he had. Um and clank it off the back of the of the rim. There's just a lot of weird things um with him as a shooter. Uh, I think confidence is part of it. Like it feels like his confidence just wanes from game to game. Um, it's either there, or it's not. Um, like I said, extremely streaky. Uh, he can shoot it in transition. Um, there's a lot of times where he's running in transition, semi-transition, and he's uh getting him in the touch almost looks really really nice um and then as we'll get to it like <laughs> the the touch to me like interior wise is really bad so he's all over the place as a shooter i don't really know what he is um and like i said if your main sell as an nba prospect at least offensively is as a shooter um that's not really a question i want to have i want to be confident that that's what you're going to do in the nba yeah, I think he can definitely shoot. I, I do question like the degree to which he can be a shooter because I don't see that movement equity. He's closer to like a Corey Kispert type shooter than a um, you know, a Duncan Robinson type, and that's obviously reductive and, and I don't like to do comparisons, but just in general, like he's a foot set shooter who, you know, he generally like likes to take him off the dribble. I think that's a big reason why the number's been so inconsistent. And I almost, you know, border on calling him a shot maker rather than a shooter. Um, and he, that kind of leads me to the next thing, which is just he's a frustrating decision maker. As we kind of talk about the rest of the, his game, he loves to try and post up. Um, and basically every single post up, he's going to try and do like a spinning fadeaway. Um, he... We'll try and put the ball on the ground, but he he's, does not have a ton of moves. And he'll kind of get to this point where he is trying to like do these, like once he's coached triple, like deke out the defender with head fakes and shoulder shakes and, and, and you know, stuff like that. Again, he had like a high assist rate of 15.7% assist rates, really high. And his turnover rate was not awful. Uh, and, and he's consistently been someone who can make plays for others, but it's almost always in that sort of, oh, I'm out of options to score, let me throw a pass way. Or, like, it's, like, a very quick, like, very nice, but very quick transition read. He can definitely do the, like, I do like him in transition as a ball handler every once in a while, even though he's never getting to the rim. Um, but I just, I don't I don't know. Stone, how did you feel about kind of the rest of his offensive game? Um. Yeah, I thought the decision-making was pretty bad. It's, it's... <laughs> So much of the shots are um just to before I get to like playmaking is he will take like one dribble um and he has no confidence in his handle really um so he can't get downhill to the rim and then it's just like 
Uh, let me take a jumper in the mid range that's heavily contested instead of passing it out first, or like I said, trying to get to the rim. Um, there's a lot of those uh, in every single game that I watched. Um, he has a lot of like, th there's no creation equity with him. I'll put it that way. Like uh, you talked about um, he, he, most of it is just bailout passes of him looking for an opportunistic cutter or something because he can't get his shot off. Um, I thought the first step was awful. Uh, he can't really get downhill. And without the handle, it really limits to what he can do as an attacker. Um, there's, to me, like not a whole lot of like closeout attacking or straight line drive equity to be had there. Um, it's a lot of take one step. Hopefully I can get enough of a window to get a shot off. Um, the passing was not great to me. I think um, it's he can make some passes when he's at a standstill and he like he sees a guy in the corner um, and makes the skip pass like he can do that. He's not ever doing it really off of the live dribble. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't love pretty much anything um, ancillary about his offense. And I thought the finishing was lackluster, too. I just don't think he's a great athlete. Like he, the explosion was not very good around the rim. The explosion out of dribble moves um, and, you know, like what few dribble moves he had was bad. Uh, the first step attacking closeouts is bad. I think he's just an overall poor athlete uh, and poor decision maker. And it really limits him in terms of what ancillary value he can provide. Yeah. And, and I am hundred percent with you on that. I thought he was a very, very poor athlete that translates to the defense as well. We'll just talk about in a second. Um, I'm kind of just at a loss for, like what else to, to hit on with his offense? Cause it feels like, I mean, you look at his statistical profile and it feels like there should be more, but there's just not like, like Cincinnati was just kind of a point to point offenses. A lot of ways they ran some nice things for him. I thought, and he executes scheme well enough, but he's so head scratching in a lot of ways. And I, I think it's notable that a lot of his best games aside from that Houston game that you mentioned did come against kind of the, the doldrums of the AAC rather than like the higher level teams in that conference. And um, I just think that his inconsistency year to year, game to game really worries me. Uh, and on top of the fact that I, I, I feel like there's nothing other than the shooting and I don't think the shooting is great. So I, I'm just sort of at a, at an impasse with him. Stone, is there anything positive to glean from him defensively, at least? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to be too mean, but um, I like he's he's not. I'll say that he's not like an atrocious off ball. Like he's not lost uh, as an off ball defender. Like to me, he's not like uh, Julian Strother or like Nikola Jovic. We, we talked about last year. Like he's not he's not lost on where he needs to be. Um, as an off-ball defender, but he's also just like never helping. Um, he's very passive as an off-ball defender, um, not making any plays. Uh, he is not aggressive whatsoever. Doesn't want to. Um... I would say not to interrupt, but I would say he's very passive until he like like every once in a while he'll decide to not be, and then he's like so over gambly that it's absurd. Like he is just yeah. leaving dudes completely when he decides that it's time to, you know, make a, make a play. So it's, it's like very inconsistent in terms of effort and motor. And I think that's, you know, an issue throughout his game. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, <laughs> it, it's very, 
even when he does do that though it's like it's so far and few in between that um he, he's just to me like not really a factor as an off-ball defender like i said he's not lost he's not he's not completely um out of position all the time uh not knowing where he should be on the court but he's um he's not really doing much either Yep, and, and I would say his on-ball defense is really hurt by his um, general lack of athleticism. He he really struggles to just, like, sit in a stance. He's very upright, um, and, you know, occasionally he'll have a solid moment, like getting over a screen and then recovering back to a defender, but it's few and far between. He was rarely asked to be guarding um, in the pick-and-roll or guarding legit wings. Um, so, yeah, I, I would see his defense – kind of leaves a lot to be desired and that does take me to where we finally have him and for me nolly is like not the type of guy who moves me a ton but at the same time he is still a legit six seven wing who can shoot who can get some buckets in the mid-range so i do have him in my bet on wing forwards tier which is generally guys i would give a two-way to or not two-way to sorry give a summer league invite to um i think he's at least worth that just because Hey, if he does click and you can get him to be more of a movement shooter, all of a sudden you're, you're cooking with something. But I, I'm not sure I really buy that. Um, there's definitely guys in that tier I prefer, but I, I wouldn't give him a two-way. I definitely wouldn't draft him. There's just nothing about his game that really stands out enough to me to be worth that. Stone? Yeah, I'm in the, the same area. I have him at 75 on my board, um, and that range is... Uh, in that tier, it's guys that I would probably prioritize giving a summer league invite to. Um, I wouldn't give him a two way, uh, but I would prioritize giving him a, a summer league invite just to see what happens and maybe go from there. Maybe give him an E ten or something and see, you know, how far we can take it with him. But um, probably not someone I would be willing to spend a two way on. All right, let's move on to the next guy we're talking about, uh, and that's. Hunter Tyson, Hunter Tyson uh, played at the G League uh, Elite Camp. Is that what that's called? Um, got measured there. Had a really good measurement day. I believe came in at 6'9", which was great for him. He's a June 13th, 2000 birthday. So about, you know, four or five months younger than some of the other guys we talked about. He'll turn 23 um, right after, or actually, he'll turn 23 in about a week. So right before the draft, I suppose. Um, played five years at Clemson. Had a very slow rise in terms of, like, his minutes and how long he played and all that, but had a really nice senior season averaging 15.3 points per game on 47.9, 40.5, 83.8 shooting splits, grabbed almost 10 rebounds, 9.6 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.1 blocks, one turnover, um, had a 63.1% true shooting. That might be the highest true shooting we're going to talk about of anyone, unless there's someone I've already forgotten. I'm not very uh, great at this stuff. If you can't tell, um had a 27.2 defensive rebound rate really really good defensive rebounder also a career five percent offensive rebound rate is pretty solid um 8.3 assist rate 7.8 turnover rate 1.6 steal rate only a 0.4 block rate little disappointing considering his size despite 6-9 i mean he played as a three for them and and he was consistently on the perimeter uh including guarding some guards in some of the games i watched so there is like Something to be gleaned there. Um, his general like Bart page looks really good. 124 offensive rating, 7.7 BPM, um, you know, 4.4 and their adjusted for Paga too. I, I honestly don't even know what that is, but like, like just in general, like you see a lot of green on his page and that always pops. 
Again, I mentioned that low turnover rate. Um, better free throw rate than some of the guys you talked about, 30.9, but not great there. Did have 18 dunks. Shot a pretty impressive 72.3 on close twos on 83 attempts, which is not an insignificant number of attempts compared to some of the other guys we've discussed. Uh, didn't take a ton of far twos, but did shoot 40.8% on those. And again, that 10.3 free throw, or not free throw, that 10.33 point attempts per 100 uh, and 40.5% uh, there. Really, really high level outside shooter. Let's talk about the shooting again first, because that's what we're here to do. Um, he shoots like a big guy in a lot of ways, where it's like super high release. It's not incredibly quick. And it's kind of like this um, sort of like 1.5 to 2 motion. It's 1.5 motion with like a flick at the top where... The ball sort of moves with his body, maybe slightly independent. But the weird thing is that there is like a, like he kind of gets to a point and then it's all just like a very fast arm flick at the very top of his release. Um, you know, there's guys in the league who shoot like that. But when you watch him shoot, it's not the most natural looking jumper out there. Uh, but again, that number doesn't lie. And he was like, like the high release does make him very comfortable shooting over contests. Um, he can you know, shooting over closeouts pretty easily coming off of some light movement. He's not a heavy movement shooter, but maybe he could get there because I do think again, that high release allows him to shoot over a lot of guys and his hips are not super slow. He can kind of catch and quickly turn into it. But for the most part, he was a spot up shooter. He wasn't taking a ton of super complex shots. It's he was their release valve. They had like two post up bigs a lot a couple drivers, they would run a lot of DHO stuff away from him, and he was the guy who was the beneficiary of a lot of that, catching and shooting a lot. Um, so, Stone, how did you kind of feel about the general shooting and what's the shooting outlook for Tyson? Yeah, I mean, I think it's maybe not as versatile as other guys we've talked about just because he's bigger and, you know, it's it's more difficult, obviously, to bring in that level of versatility that taller you are. Um, something I've been trying to get better at this year, um, this cycle is uh, at, when evaluating shooting is the footwork. Like I thought Ty Hunter Tyson really gathers his feet really well on a lot of his shots. Um, he can, you know, be, be running or relocating uh, wherever and he's able to get his feet squared up and gather them uh, pretty well. Um, at, the shot isn't super quick, like you mentioned, um, I think that it's not um, the fastest shot. You're not going to be giving him a whole lot of movement, in my opinion. Um, he's just not that sort of guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the other thing is, I guess, too, because he's taller, um, the, the positive that comes with that is he doesn't let contests get to him too much. It's harder to contest, but also... I think he's just a good enough shooter to where it doesn't really affect him a whole lot. He can have a hand in his face and, and generally it's not going to bother him too much. So those were the positives that came away with it uh, in terms of the shooting. I, I don't think it's as versatile as guys we've previously talked about, but I think it's for big still pretty good. Yeah. I, I, again, that versatility does worry me, but I I would, I would say I trust him more as a shooter than someone like a Nolly. Um, his his number progression over the year has been fairly consistent. Uh, this was his first year of real volume. He literally doubled his volume from his junior to or his I guess you would say his senior to his super senior year. 
Um, before that, he was never a very high volume shooter. Um, and and he's still like at Clemson, he did not have high level guard play. They didn't have guys who were great creators. And he's someone who I think could have really excelled playing on some of the better teams. But, you know, it's also like he did play there for a long time and there is something to be said for that. And it's from everything I've heard, like, like, you know, character guy, whatever, um, that stuff doesn't really move me. But uh, is, you know, I I think he can hit open shots and I think he's specifically really good at like pick and pop stuff. Um, He is great at setting a screen, actually setting a screen, not just ghosting the screen, popping up and, and his footwork there is pretty good. I actually do think that he has another really fun skill that helps make up for the fact that he's not a like a, a true movement shooter. And that's that I think he's a really good closeout attacker. Now, he'll have some times where he'll kind of mess up his dribble and he's not a very tight or manipulative ball handler, but he can definitely rip really well. His timing is great. And because he gets such hard closeouts, it helps make up for the fact that his, his first step is actually solid. It's not great but it's solid and he is just a really good finisher and decision maker i really liked his finishing uh he's he is great at like reverse finishes with his offhand he's a pretty good two-foot leaper who doesn't take an absurd amount of time to load off the ground he was pretty consistently driving into like tight spacing when he did attack a closeout and still finishing at the rim or making good decisions he he sees like tight window pass as well um, he's not a, a like a high level passer and he can't like run any pick and roll, but he does see uh, the next pass away after, you know, bringing that defender in. Well, he doesn't turn the ball over much. He sees a duck in, in the post or he sees a lob over the top. And I just, I like that stuff. I like that he could put the ball on the ground a little bit and get all the way to the rim or make a good read. I, that stuff I value. He can also take like a one, two dribble pull up, not to the level of Lundy, but he can do that. Um, and his comfortability doing that type of stuff helps add value to his overall offensive game. He's also a good off-ball mover, not a great cutter, but a good, you know, mover around the perimeter. And he he's a pretty good offensive rebounder. Um, he didn't do it a ton this year, again, partially because he was playing with two other bigs, but like a, a basically had a 5% offensive rebound rate this year. That's pretty good. And when he does attack, he he attacks the glass hard and he's gonna get up and he's gonna he's gonna grab the ball and, and, and he can put it back. And he had like a pretty big tip dunk in one of the games I watched. I don't know. I, I kind of liked his like tertiary offensive stuff. Stone, how'd you feel about it? Yeah, um I'm I'm with you in terms of being able to put the ball on the ground a little bit and be more of a finisher, attack closeouts. Um, I liked that, especially for his size. Um, I think that there the passing, um, I think he's a good standstill passer. Uh, I felt like some of his passing is a bit too premeditated. Um, I, I didn't, uh, think that he's great at adaptability and reactivity. Um, I think he also is someone that is just, he really struggles to process when he's on the move, uh, as a passer. Like if he's attacking a closeout, a lot of times he's just, missing a lot of reads as a passer um, or, or not able to adapt as the defense adjusts to him uh, during that closeout attack. So I think that that was somewhat of a negative in terms of the passing. But if he's just standing at the elbow or at the top of the key uh, and somebody is cutting, I felt like he did a pretty good enough job of, of finding those types of guys and making those sort of reads. Um, but that's about the extent, I feel like, of the offense. Like, there's he's pretty simplistic, I feel like. Um, 
that's that's about everything that uh, at least I noticed or I have notes on uh, regarding his ancillary offense. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, he's pretty simplistic. He's going to catch and shoot. He will attack a closeout. He can make a solid read. I thought his connective passing was good when he got to show it off. I'm with you. He can definitely premeditate them. But um, I, I kind of like that stuff. Let's move on to his defense. And this is like, I, I think he was surprisingly solid to me. Uh, he's a little slow. But at the same time, they were consistently putting him on guards. For better or for worse, he was consistently guarding like the opponents too. And he did all right doing that. He is, um, you know, he'll sit in a stance. He will funnel drivers where they need to go. He will, he's good at contesting shots. Like that's something I, I think we don't always talk about, but I like that he, like his timing on contests is really good. He doesn't bite on pump fakes too often. He's definitely like his, his screen nav is pretty bad, but he's also six, nine. So I, I wouldn't expect it to be good. He is really skinny. Um, and that's obviously a worry, just how, you know, easy some guys can take advantage of him. But as like a three defender, he's another guy who I think can be solid, not a stopper, but not always a target. And his off ball defense is pretty good. Um, he's again, not a good low man. Like he just can't get vertical to block shots. Um, but he is a good, you know, nail guy, really good nail guy. He tags the role. Well, he kind of knows his distance for closeouts, doesn't close out too off balance. I, I think his defense is like, you know, barely negative to average versus, you know, someone like Funky, who even I liked, is probably more of like a strong negative defensively. But just because Tyson is 6'9", that makes up for a lot. Stone, how'd you feel about his defense? Yeah, um, I'll start with the off-ball stuff. I, I actually really liked it in terms of I thought he, he always knew where to be rotationally, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, uh, make sure that he's – um, where he's supposed to be digs at the nail hard. Um, I, I really like a lot of the off ball stuff, uh, even as the low man, even though he's not impactful as like a rim protector, I think just his positioning is really impactful. Uh, in terms of the um, on ball stuff, I don't want him on the perimeter really. I thought that he's one of the worst lateral movers in this class. Uh, I thought lateral mobility is, is really, really uh, poor and hinders him quite a bit in terms of what he can do and the effectiveness on the perimeter. Uh, being six nine really does help. Like you said, it, it helps mitigate some of that. Um, the other thing is, I think his footwork is pretty good. Actually, like I, I thought, um, the footwork and placement is pretty good. It's just slow a lot of the times. It's too slow to keep up with more guards, uh, and, and quicker guys. So, um, I don't love having him. You know at the sort of perimeter uh a whole lot uh when their ball is in somebody who's going to handle the ball quite a bit uh, when it's in their hands i don't really love that um but I, I am pretty in on the off ball stuff yeah just another guy who i think can be like a positive cog in the machine uh, that takes me to where we have him uh, this, I, I have Tyson in my like draftable flyers range. These are guys I would draft, but I'd probably lean more towards giving them a two way than giving them like a fully guaranteed contract or at the very least, like starting it off as a two way with, with the idea that they're like a prime development guy on a two way. And if they really hit, they can, you know, provide value that way. I have him right above Tristan Vucevic, right below Ryan repair. Um, I, I, you know, it, he's not great. But he's solid. He's just he's just someone who I think can hit shots and I think can be solid defensively. And that's a guy who 
you know, if, if the shooting is real, he'll provide value at the NBA level. Stone? Um, yeah, I have him pretty similar tier. I have him in my would consider giving a 2A tier, which is just below my um, priority 2A or late second rounder tier. Um, he's someone I, I would definitely consider throwing a 2A at. I have him at 59 on my board, just above Drew Timmy, just below Adam Flagler. Um, yeah, he's someone like, uh, I I think has a chance of being in the NBA. So if, if that's the case, I mean, I'm always willing to, to give a guy a look, uh, with a two way spot, but he's not someone I would probably consider drafting or, or would really like, you know, be making the first call to get off a two way. Yeah, I think that's fair, and and I I think like a slight difference in philosophy we have is that I, I probably value shooting just like just ever so slightly more than you, not a ton, but just a little bit more. Probably the highest profile guy we're going to talk about, someone who has gotten legit first round buzz, um, and that's Kobe Brown from Missouri. Brown is one of the more interesting statistical profiles we're going to talk about. Um, he's a January first, two thousand birthday. He's twenty three right now. He'll turn twenty four about halfway through his rookie season, and his rookie season will technically be his age twenty one season or his age twenty four season. Excuse me. Played four years at Missouri um, and started almost every game throughout his career. But of course, played for different coaches throughout that time. During his first three years, he would take threes, but he never shot above twenty five percent from three. And then all of a sudden this year, he shoots 45.5%. So this season, he averaged 15.8 points per game on 55.3, 45.5, 79.2 shooting splits, grabbed 6.4 boards, boards, excuse me, through 2.5 assists, 1.5 steals, 0.4 blocks, 1.7 turnovers, um, had a 65.5% true shooting, 7.7 offensive rebound rate, 16.8 assist rate, 12% turnover rate, 2.8 steal rate, 2% block rate. Just generally really solid numbers this year. Also dunked 35 times, had a 35.6 free throw rate, shot 68.9% on close twos with by far the highest volume of close twos of anyone we're going to talk about. But all these numbers that I'm saying have a caveat. And that caveat is that Missouri played super fast and Brown was the five. Brown got to be the five offensively. He was playing in five out spacing and they like a lot of those dunks were in transition. Not all of them. He could get up for some big dunks in the half court. We'll talk about that type of stuff in a second, but in general, he is a, he, he, he was a beneficiary of scheme more so than a lot of the guys we've talked about. So let's start again, like with all these guys with the shooting, and I dug deeper into Kobe Brown shooting than anyone's because the number was so weird, right? Like, like jumping from, you know, jumping 20 percentage points in the course of one off season, is just not something you see very much. And I think his jumper kind of looks like it has been, you know, tinkered with a little bit. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but the ball sits like way to the right side of his face as he loads. It's like right above his shoulder and his elbow is a little splayed out too. So it's kind of like this weird, like there's some pronation there with his elbow and wrist as he pushes the ball out. Um, And that kind of makes it, I think that does hurt the versatility. He's really good going to his right. When the ball is on his right side, on his right hip, or he's moving towards his right, and that motion is more natural, 
it looks a lot better. Whenever he's moving towards his left, it looks worse. And that means off the dribble, that's off the catch, um, that's coming into the shot even. If, like, he's stepping left, right, it looks okay. If he's stepping, like, right, left, and then having to kind of move the ball in a weird way, it looks worse. Um, I would say that, in general, I, I think he's a good shooter. I think he's comfortably the worst shooter of anyone we're talking about today. Um, I think he, I think he's a safe enough bet to hit open threes in the NBA to occasionally hit a pull up. I don't buy any versatility on it really, other than like I said, the occasional pull up. He has some range, like he'll take it from a couple steps behind the three point line. But there's some major like consistency issues with how he gets into it, and that really bothers me moving forward. Uh, and the form is not great. It's not super quick. The release is high, but not like super high for a six, seven guy. It's not like Hunter Tyson where Hunter's is way above his head or Grady Dick where Dick's release is super high. It's, it's just like an average shot. I would say Stoner, are you kind of with me with the shooting? Yeah, very much. So I think he's definitely the worst shooter of this group. Um, and that's not necessarily a huge knock because a lot of these guys are really, really great shooters. Um, but uh, even like the touch on the shots, um, like every, everyone, you know, describes touches, floaters and near the rim type stuff or even mid range. There's touch that you can evaluate as like shooting from three. And I thought his touch wasn't great in that regard. Um, I thought that a lot of the shots are being sort of back of the rim and go in and uh, or, or swirl around a couple of times before they drop in. Like he's not an elite touch guy as a shooter. Um, and like you mentioned, the versatility isn't really there. I don't think he gets off the ground really well at all. Um, and we'll get more into that, you know, when it's closer to the rim too. But um, I think that he's a guy I think that can project to be like a pretty decent spot up shooter. Um, but I don't know how much else outside of that. I really feel comfortable that he's going to be doing uh, I mean, same thing with Hunter Tyson too. I just I buy Hunter Tyson as a higher level shooter, and I think, um, he he does more in terms of gathering and contests. Don't bother him as much, but um, I think he's I, I project Kobe Brown to be a solid spot up guy. Like that's about as far at comfortability as I feel as as giving to him as a shooter. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's all fair, but. Kobe Brown is probably the best at like a lot of the other things offensively of anyone we're going to talk about. Um, let's, let's start with kind of his other scoring. He scores a lot in the post and I don't think the way he scores in the post is the type that'll translate to the NBA at all. He played a lot as a five throughout his career. Even when he was like, like earlier in his career playing more as a four, it was still like a lot of post-ups. It was just next to another big. Um, he is mostly just trying to muscle his way down and, and then shoot a touch shot. Uh, I think his touch around the rim is pretty good. Um, not elite, but good. Uh, and he is 250 pounds. Like, you can't push some guys around. But he's not, like, other than a really quick spin move towards his right hand, he doesn't have a ton of moves. Um, he'll try and drop step. But he's mostly just trying to, like, get close enough, muscle his way in, and then just shoot over someone. And, you know, it's not – like, if he can set a screen, get a switch, and attack that switch – there's something to be said there, but I'm not sure it's ever going to be like super efficient offense for him or his teammates. But I did like 
his pick and pop stuff. I thought his screening was good. And I like how out of pick and pop, I don't love him as a pick and pop shooter, but I like how he attacks out of pick and pop. He's not someone with a complex handle, but he does have a really nice hesitation move and he explodes out of that hesitation move really well. I was watching the Missouri versus Tennessee game in the SEC tournament and he was guarded by Olivier Kamwa, who is, you know, a pretty solid defensive player. And he hits him with this really nice hezzy and pick and roll and explodes right by him for a dunk. Just absolutely dusts him. And like that stuff is good. Being able to have, like he has solid burst off his left leg, solid explosion at the rim off that left leg. Like, I think that is like a real plus skill for him is just being able to consistently get a blow by or half a step and get to the rim from the perimeter even if like his moves aren't complex and he's not a complex playmaker out of drives like that, I think there's something there. Stone, how, how do you kind of feel about his drive game and other scoring in general? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of it is just because he's bigger than a lot of guys. He's so strong and so so beefy that um, I think he can just bully a lot of guys, back him down in the paint, um, gets a lot of... Uh, you know, offensive boards and and can muscle his way to get another shot opportunity. Um, I thought that um, uh, most of his offense is going to be created for him rather than him creating it. Um, is what I came away with. I don't think he's much of a creator. Um, I think he can attack open um open lanes um against like tilted defenses or even not like I think he's strong enough to um get a, a little bit of a first step and then go attack all the way uh, and guys are going to struggle to strip the ball from him because he's so strong I think he can be someone that maybe generates quite a bit of free throws um I like that um I don't think he's going to be like taking a whole lot of stuff off the dribble um and, and getting shots that way I felt like the handle is um just not quick enough to really do much with and he doesn't besides not having many moves or counter moves uh, i felt like the explosiveness is just not really there um i thought the explosiveness as a finisher is really underwhelming it was very jalen wilson-esque for me in terms of just not getting really off the ground and, and being able to do much kobe brown's a lot stronger so i feel like that helps but um and he's he's not as bad as wilson in terms of that regard but i felt like uh there's a lot to be desired with with the amount of uh, explosiveness that he got off the ground with. Um, and I think that he's a pretty good passer as a schemed guy um, rather than, you know, reactivity. I think he's got a little more reactive equity than someone like Hunter Tyson, but I think for the most part, it's a lot of standstill passes, finding cutters off of those standstill opportunities. Um very much like an opportunistic pastor, pastor, passer, um, who's not creating a ton, um, but I think can execute like schemed uh, movement passes really well and stuff like that. Yeah, I think he's a really solid passer out of the post, but in general, I'm with you. I I don't think he's like a like a high level uh, reader of the game at all. He just from a standstill, he's really good. Uh, but as soon as he kind of puts the ball on the ground. Uh, he struggles. I'm with you with the explosion. I think a lot of the issue is exploding through tight spaces. Like he did have, I mean, obviously 35 more dunks than, than Jalen Wilson. And I think that does show in his tape. Like he can get up when he has a, when he has a run up. Um, 
but he's not someone who explodes in tight spaces super well. Uh, so I, I do have some worries about that. And again, like he did play in transition tunnel. Plenty of those dunks were transition dunks. Um, I think in general, like his offense projection, a lot like a lot of these guys, is sort of like that more like tertiary scoring option. But I do think there's more there with him, maybe like being able to run as like the second guy on some bench units, just being able to put the ball on the floor and attack something. And, and you know, as a second side guy, create something there. The shot just has to be there for everything to work. And there's just less track record with it. And there is a chance that he's actually more of like a 35% catch and shoot shooter. And then that becomes a real worry. So he's kind of reliant to me on having some positive defense. And I was just, I would, I, I wasn't in love with this defensive tape. I thought it was really worrying as I was watching that Missouri did whatever they could to keep him all out of perimeter actions as the big or guarding the guard, especially guarding the guards. Like they would switch on the back line. They would do whatever they could to keep him as either the low man or like a nail guy. They did not want him up in the main action at all. And I think that's because he's, just really slow he doesn't sit in a stance very well um he's very reliant on his strength and his strength does show up sometimes like there are moments where when he does get vertical at the rim as the low man like guys can't move him because he's so strong that he just absorbs that contact but also i wasn't in love with really anything he did defensively like his low man rotations are occasionally good but they only ever look good when he's the low man guarding the post. Like when he's a five, you know, he's guarding the other team's five. Whenever he's guarding on the perimeter, his low man rotations are way worse. And, you know, at the nail, they're way worse. They're, he's just, he played as a five and he got to the benefit of that in a lot of ways. But it just, there was nothing for me to really latch on to and love about his play as you know, a low man and help and his perimeter defense is pretty rough. Stone, are you kind of with me there or is there something more that stood out to you? Uh, I think I'm a little higher in general on the defense. I thought that he does to me a better job of staying in front of guys. Not that he's like super fleet of foot and is not going to get blown by because he had obviously had those moments. Uh, but I thought he does a decent job of staying in front of guys, absorbing contact really well, obviously, because he's massive. Um, and, uh, I, I don't love him at the five defensively. Obviously he's, he's probably just not tall enough to play the five, um, not explosive enough to be a rim protector, uh, off the ground. Um, at the, as the low man, I thought there's a lot of late rotations or some even missed rotations. Um, so rotationally, I think he's not, not super great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's not atrocious defensively and that I guess kind of matters, but there's not a whole lot to where I'm thinking he's going to be um, even like above average defensively. Yep. That's, that's exactly where I'm at. I, I and that's kind of take us to our final ranking. I have him in the same tier with Hunter Tyson, a little bit higher than Tyson, just because I think the athleticism pops a little bit more. Even if I think Tyson is maybe safer, neither of them are like, Cert, like definitely going to be NBA players. So they're kind of in that same tier. I have Kobe Brown at the top of that tier eight draftable flyers right above Gigi Jackson and Ryan repair. Um, but a solid step below guys like Lundy and Slauson. Um, Stone, where are you at with Brown? 
I am teetering between my firmly draftable tier and my late second rounder priority two way tier. Um, he somewhere between probably forty five and fifty five is where he'll end up. I don't really buy first round equity with him. I just don't really trust the shooting nearly as much as the other guys we've talked about. And I don't think, um, I I think a guy who has the chance to be like a decent shooter and and a okay defender has value, but at the same time, it's not value enough not upside enough even to, you know, consider taking like top 40 or anything. So, um, that's sort of where I'm at. I think I'd probably still draft him. I just, I'm not exactly sure how high, but definitely in the second latter half of the second round. All right, let's move on to our last guy here. And this is someone who I've been ringing the bell for for a while now and just has never really all clicked for him. He's had some injury issues throughout his career, um, but he's auto-eligible, played at Utah State this year, started his career at St. Joseph's, and that's Taylor Funk. Uh, He is 25 years old already. He will turn 26. His rookie season will be his age 26 season. So already gigantic knock against him, right? Like that's just, that's killer um it's hard to really you know bet on a guy um that far into his uh you know that late into his career already um but he is 69 listed 220 pounds uh had a pretty solid season for um for Utah State this year at 13.4 points per game on 45.1 37 90 shooting splits um grabbed 5.5 rebounds 1.7 assists 0.9 steals 0.7 blocks 1.4 1.4 turnovers. Um, he is a career 83% uh, free throw shooter and a career 35.7% three-point shooter. Um, definitely known as kind of that stretch four type. Had a 58.5% true shooting this year, um, 11.2% assist rate to uh, basically 11% turnover rate. Um, 2.5 block rates, pretty okay. 1.7 steal rate, not great. Um, definitely kind of played more of like an off-ball role. Did have 11 dunks this year. Shot 67.4% on close twos on 90 to uh, 92 attempts there, and then have a, had a 12.2 free th- or, or uh, 12.2 three point rate. Excuse me. Um, again, the play stars the shooting. Again, this is another guy who I just think can really shoot. I, I prefer him as a pure shooter to someone like a Hunter Tyson or Kobe Brown or Landers Nolly. Probably right up there with next to Seth Bundy for me in terms of just how much I buy the the shot itself. The track record is obviously there. He's been an elite shooter throughout his college career. He is, you know, other than Funk, maybe has the most comfortable range of anyone we're going to talk about. The release is really high. It's super quick. He gets that thing off in no time. Uh, That's something I really value is just being able to get it off quick and and over contest. Um, I really think he's he's a great pick and pop shooter. Like his footwork on pick and pops is great. Uh, he can hit some movement shots, um, but not like off a ton of crazy movement. Um, he can hit like the occasional step back, the occasional pull up, but not really like a super versatile guy, more of just like a really high level spot up shooter who can occasionally hit something else. Stone, where are you at with his uh, you know, outside shot? Uh, I'm with you. I think pretty much in alignment here where I think the shot is super quick, probably the deepest range of anyone, maybe outside of the other funk, um, double funk today. But I think uh, he has very deep range, uh, very comfortable. Um, yeah. The, the pick and pop type passing, I really like 
Uh, I don't think there's really any movement equity with him. Again, it's harder for guys like him and Kobe Brown or uh, Hunter Tyson to really have that at their size. It's just super rare. Um, but I do think that he uh, does project to be like a really fast, solid, uh, fluid shooter who is, is very comfortable with this shot. Like he uh, very confident in it will take um, super tightly contested stuff and make a lot of them. A lot of the time contests aren't super, uh, they're, they're not really affecting him a whole lot. Um, and I think uh, he, the footwork to me is, is pretty solid too as a gatherer. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's about all I have in terms of the shooting with him. Yeah, he feels about as developed as you could be as a big shooter, but that's also, I mean, he is 26. So, you know, that's kind of the thing. Like so much of what we're going to talk about is just going to be colored by that age because that's someone's prime. He is older than Jason Tatum uh for for like uh, just to feel he spent um two three he spent only six years in college i actually thought it was more but i think he started a year older too like he took he took a prep year um and there's just not a ton else on offense either like he can't really get to the rim he could take like a, a couple dribble pull up and again i mentioned like he'll he's comfortable taking a step back here and there he's a really good transition shooter that's like a part of his game that i really like love how he um you know walks into shots but not a great playmaker um you know not even like a great connective passer i wouldn't say i don't know stone you kind of look like you maybe disagree where i strongly disagree okay go ahead let us hear Um, i felt like he's a very very good passer i thought the touches on passes were great loved his transition passing um there are lob passes he was throwing i legitimately think he could average probably like four more assists per game if his teammates could actually catch a pass and like and and finish it um there's so many blown passes where the teammate just turns it over or uh throw it up and it hits the side of the rim and it comes back and hits them in the face like there's a bunch of just absolutely blowing beautiful passes that he throws um of anyone that we're going to talk about or that we have talked about, um, I think that outside of the shooting, like Funk's passing is probably my favorite ancillary skill of anyone that we've discussed. Maybe maybe Lundy's cutting, but it's up there. Um, I think that uh, he's a fantastic um, passer out of like pocket passes out of pick and roll. Um, he's not really running pick and roll because he's 6'8 and just not super bursty and doesn't have a, a great handle. Uh, but in the instances where he's in like these pick and pop situations, I think it offers some versatility of a guy who can be a shooting threat, but also like if he if he's staying outside and that guy that he's running this with, if you're running like too big or even guard big um, pick and rolls and you're a little more creative, um, I think he can find the guy that's rolling hard really, really well. Um, I think it can really thread the needle on pick and roll passes um, when he's the guy that's at the top of the key and the other guy is rolling. Um, I really love the touch and accuracy on a lot of the passes. Um, I, I buy it. I'm, I'm sold on that aspect. Um, and I think that his teammates could have made those numbers look a lot better. I love it. No, I, I think that's, I, I respect that take. And I mean, as someone who's been driving the hype bus for uh for my boy like I, I can't be can't be upset with that um I I you, I'm probably not giving him enough credit you're right like like the touch on passes is really nice and I think he showed more passing chops at St. Joseph's which I mean it is a lower level but 
I, I think that was more of a thing in his game there, even when he was like the fourth or fifth, fifth option playing next to worse players. Um, so I, I get where you're coming from there. Defensively, I think he's pretty solid. He's like a good low man. He's not a shot blocker, but he tags up well. He executes hard hedges really well, better than a lot of guys uh, who you know are more traditional bigs. Like his ability to show and recover to his guy without giving up much of an advantage is great. Um, he knows when to scram switch. He knows when to um, kind of allow penetration more. Um, I, I thought his defense was about as good as it can be considering the athletic limitations. He is going to get like he can't guard guards at all. Um, I think he really struggles having to guard bigger, like stronger players, too. Like he's pretty much a four defender. You want him off the ball mostly, but he's solid on that end. Stone, are you kind of with me there, too? Yeah, um, I really like the low man rotation stuff. Uh, even as like a shot blocker, like I, there is a few blocks where he's getting just because he rotates properly and uh, he's able to meet the guy at the rim and he times his jumps well enough. He's not the best leaper, but he just times it really, really well. Um, so I liked that a lot. With you that he any we're near the perimeter, he's probably cooked. Um, don't really want that. Uh, and I I think that, um. He he's another guy that uh like with Hunter Tyson, I think they just both see things really, really well off ball, um, and really know where to position themselves rotationally. Um, so I like that. Uh and I think that in that sort of role he can be effective. Yeah, and that just takes us to kind of overall value. Um for me, despite the age, I'd probably give him a summer league spot. Um, I think the odds of him making the league and, and being like a positive NBA player are fairly low just because of that age. But I do think like the jumper's legit. I think he's the type of guy who I would want around to help make, you know, the lives of my developing G League players easier. And you never know, maybe there's a shot like if he when he's like 28, 29 in a couple of years, like he's just such an efficient shooter that and at six nine, you're like, hey, he's worth a shot, and and he can execute pick and pops. Uh, he can he can make some connective passes. Um, so that that's kind of where I'm at. Stone. Yeah, really quickly too, I forgot to mention, like, for his size, he's an absurdly pathetic rebounder. Like he he's he does not really try a whole lot as a rebounder. Uh, gets pushed a lot around a lot in is, um, yeah, it's not good. Um, but I have him in the same tier as Hunter Tyson, where I wouldn't draft them. I wouldn't prioritize them for a two-way contract, but I would definitely consider it. Like if all the guys I really like in that sort of two-way late second area are taken, uh, I think Funk would be near the top of the list of the next tier of guys I'd be looking at uh, and would maybe bring in as a two-way guy. I think there's a pro career for him if he really wants it overseas. Like he just screams to me like a productive multi-year guy uh, in a different pro league. Um, But because of that, like it, that to me is worth uh, taking a chance on at an NBA level with, with maybe a two way. All right. Um, that's about all we got for today. Uh, you kind of got to look at some of the back end shooters. I would bet that at least two of these guys provide real rotational value within the next couple of years. Uh, who those are, you know, I have my bets, but you know, you guys can, can have different guesses, but shooting matters. And you know, so often we see that the team who wins games in the playoffs is the team that shoots the best. And 
we've seen teams be willing to make defensive sacrifices for shooting, be willing to, um, you know, work to, to make shooters more than just spot up guys as needed. I, I think that's part of what made have made the heat so successful. I mean, they won that game too in large part because they were able to effectively, uh, you know, implement Duncan Robinson in a way that was just really hard to guard. And, you know, maybe none of those guys, none of these guys reached that Duncan Robinson level, but I, I, I do think that a couple of these guys are going to contribute at, at a high level um, eventually. Um, so do you have kind of any final thoughts on this group as a whole before we close it out? Um, I I generally don't have a lot of fun watching guys that are labeled as pri- primarily shooting, but I felt like this group had a lot of fun wrinkles and surprises ancillary that I wasn't expecting. So um, I, I, I came away pleasantly surprised on a lot of these guys. Uh, and I think it's important to find guys that to make sure no one slips through the cracks. I mean, we're watching a final series right now where whatever the number is, everyone's saying it and I already forgot because I'm so tired, but there's like, you know, seven undrafted guys or whatever in the rotation um, that maybe one of these guys is that next guy, right? Like someone that can crack a, a rotation because of the value they bring with their shooting. Uh, we've seen Gabe Vincent do it. We've seen Duncan Robinson do it. Max Struess do it. All these heat guys. And I'm sure there's plenty more across the league. Um, and I think that it's worth giving the time to evaluating these guys because you never know who could be the next one. Yeah. The heat being so successful has really like helped me like feel more confident in my philosophy with the draft. So Thanks to them for doing that at the very least. Um, yeah, this has been great. Uh, yeah, make sure you guys check out our website if you want uh, scouting reports on all these guys. Um, 30 for 30 is chugging along, so check out all that stuff. Uh, you know, Shout out Coop. I hope he's having a good time in Africa, and he'll be back for the draft. Stay tuned for some pretty exciting mock draft stuff coming soon. That's going to be a fun one. Expect that you know within the next week or so. And the draft's right around the corner, I believe, as we record this, we're 17 days away from the draft. As you guys listen, it'll probably be about 15 or 14 days. So it's grind time, baby, for Stone Out Reporters for Court. I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14. Make sure you give us a like, rating, review, all that fun stuff. It's been the Upside to Exhibit A Draft Podcast. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you. We'd once again like to thank the people at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.